Welcome, it's Eric Erickson here. We've just had the show turn upside down as we're coming on air. There's big breaking news, and I know absolutely nothing about it. Um, in fact, we paused the show notes from sitting out so we can update it and get this in there. This is actually significant breaking news. I'm going to give you news, and I know absolutely nothing about it. Uh, you probably have not even heard it yet on your local newscast anywhere. Uh, that's how breaking news it is. It's one of the reasons I love doing the show and focusing on the news. But, and again, I'm going to tell you what the news is, but I know nothing other than what I'm going to tell you. But it is massively significant breaking news. Uh, Mike Turner is the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. Mike Turner is from uh, the state of Ohio, the 10th Congressional District. Uh, and again, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, he has just publicly released this statement. Uh, I have verified this is an actual um, statement from the congressman from Ohio, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, and it is on behalf of the committee. It is on behalf of the committee. The bipartisan uh, committee has released this statement, and I will read it to you now. Today... The House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence has made available to all members of Congress information concerning a serious national security threat. I am requesting that President Biden declassify all information relating to this threat so that Congress, the administration, and our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to this threat. Again, this is a statement from uh, Congressman Mike Turner of Ohio, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. It has been tweeted out by the House Intelligence Committee's Twitter account, and it says this. Today, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence has made available to all members of Congress information concerning a serious national security threat. I am requesting that President Biden declassify all information relating to this threat so that Congress, the administration, and our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to this threat. Now, what you have to understand here is two separate things. Uh, the first thing you have to understand is that for this information to be released to all members of Congress, by the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, it must be with bipartisan approval. The chairman of the committee cannot unilaterally release this intelligence information. So there must be Democrats and Republicans alike who think it was significant enough that all members of Congress receive the information. Secondly, he says, I am requesting. That means the committee itself is not requesting, but the chairman is requesting it. Uh, that is a partisan note there. The Democrats will seize upon, undoubtedly, saying that it is it is the singular, the Republican chairman wants the president to do this, not the committee itself. But the response is that the chairman of the committee, Mike Turner, the congressman from Ohio, uh, and the committee as a whole on a bipartisan basis thinks whatever the national security threat is, is significant enough that all members of Congress needed to be advised about it. I don't know what it is. I have no idea. I'm sure there will be serious speculation by all sides about what it is. In fact, I am beginning to see at the moment that there are a number of people suggesting Mike Turner um, is uh, trying to build up some momentum in some way to fund Ukraine. I don't think that that actually is the case because it is a bipartisan push by members of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence to do this. Uh, it is only now just beginning to get traction on social media that this has been pushed out. 
Um, this is from the committee, and we will see where this goes. Um, Mike, uh, <laughs> just seeing one of the responses. I would simply like Mike Turner to let us know if we're all about to die or what. Uh, I have no idea what this information is, um, but this is a significant action that the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee has decided that this needs to be pushed out. Um, now, the other issue here is can members of Congress keep a secret? Because all members of Congress have been advised about the issue. So if all members of Congress have been advised about the issue, maybe it's China and Taiwan, maybe it's Russia and other countries, maybe it's Iran. My guess would be Iran more than the others. Uh, but everything is speculation until we know. Can members of Congress keep a secret? So the Select Committee on Intelligence, uh, you, you, there's thought that goes into putting members on the Committee on Intelligence. It is members deal with classified information. They go through background checks. Their staff is vetted. Um, not just anybody gets on the House uh, Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. Because there are members of Congress who can't keep secrets. And you want to put on that committee responsible members who can keep secrets. So that committee on a bipartisan basis now wants every member of Congress in the House of Representatives to be briefed on this particular issue. There are members of Congress who are not on the House Select Intelligence Committee because they can't keep a secret. So will those people, once briefed, be able to keep a secret? I don't know. But that's where we are as we start the show today. It wasn't the topic that I was going to start the show with, but this has become all of a sudden in the last 15 minutes the big breaking news. Again, if you're just tuning in, it's worth reading this statement one more time from the uh, House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. Today, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence has made available to all members of Congress information concerning a serious national security threat. I'm requesting President Biden declassify all information related to this threat so Congress, the administration, and our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to this threat. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Stay tuned. As information breaks on this throughout the show today, I will be interrupting whatever I'm talking about to bring you whatever this is because I, honest to goodness, do believe that it is impossible for members of Congress to keep a secret, uh, which is why I, I'm so dismissive of so many conspiracy theories. This goes back to um, uh, Don Rumsfeld, who one time I was talking to him, you know, he was on the Warren Commission. And he said that in his time on the Warren Commission, he did come to believe that it actually was uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, that there is other information that's classified he can't talk about, but that um, he doesn't believe in some elaborate conspiracy to uh, kill the president of the United States in large part because it is absolutely impossible if it was, for example, as some people once speculated, the CIA, it's absolutely impossible for people in government to keep secrets for too long. Uh, and again, uh, we will be finding out shortly um, whatever this information is because people in Congress can't keep secrets. Now, welcome. On that happy note, uh, it is Eric Erickson here, um, and it is my show, and I'm trying to keep you up to date with all the news. And you are more than likely, are more than welcome to call in 877-973-7425. As always, if you text DATA, D-A-T-A, to 33777, uh, the very first link is to subscribe to my daily email, in particular the show notes. Only paid subscribers get the show notes. Uh, as this news breaks and develops, if I'm off air, I'll be sending out more information through the day. So text data to 33777, subscribe, and even off air, I'll be able to keep you up to date on what's going on um, as far as I know. 
Now, I'm looking at the markets just so you know as that statement has come out, the markets are beginning to trend down as people begin to worry about what exactly might be going on. And again, no one has any information, and, and the news media is just now beginning to grab hold of the story and um, try to figure out what's going on. All right. Um, it's so interesting as well. You see a big story like this and all the, the squabbling and fighting and whatnot on social media that comes out and people are still screaming. Before I get into what I was going to talk about, I, I, I might as well, having consumed enough time here, talk about this. Yesterday, I told you guys that there would be a special election last night in New York. It was The polling was too close to call. I didn't know who was going to win, Democrat or Republican. The Democrat won. Uh, Tom Susie was the uh, he was the incumbent Democrat who George Santos beat. This is George Santos's seat. Uh, the district went for Joe Biden by nine points. So it's really not a surprise that the Democrats won the district. There was a blizzard. Some Republicans actually paid for snowplows to uh, clear paths for people to get to boards of elect to, to election precincts so that they could vote. And it wasn't enough to get the Republican over the the edge. It was uh, a fascinating actual. Um, seat swap because the woman who was the Republican nominee was from Ethiopia, uh, non-white, served in the Israeli Defense Force, uh, was elected as a local politician in Long Island, was like a dream Republican candidate who lost. And as you can tell today, there are people making big hay over this race. Uh, I see Frank Luntz uh, with this tweet out, Democrats just flipped George Santos's House seat. It's a final wake-up call to the House GOP. If they ignore or attempt to explain away why they lost, they will lose November as well. The issue agenda is on their side. The congressional behavior is not. I, honest to goodness, do not believe you can extrapolate much from one election. One special election in New York in a district that already leaned Democrat and there was a blizzard. You can't extrapolate what's going to happen in November in congressional elections from that one race. But everybody wants to. However... There were other special elections around the country. There was one in uh, Pennsylvania in a state race in a district that leaned Democrat, and the Democrat won with a larger margin of victory than the seat suggested he should have. And there was a special election in Oklahoma. And the Republicans won it uh, with a closer margin than they should have. They won by five points, and it was like an R plus 25 district. That means... Donald Trump won the district by 25 points, uh, despite losing to Joe Biden overall, and Republicans only won the special election by five points. You can't really extrapolate a lot about these special elections, but there is one thing Republicans do need to pay attention to because the pattern shows up in all of these special elections. Republicans still won't vote early. Back in the 90s and the early 2000s, the early aughts, as some people call it, Republicans always won early voting. Republicans had the best absentee balloting ground game. Democrats did not. Democrats over the last two decades have been fine-tuning their ground game and their early voting, and in the process, the Democrats have actually been winning pretty significantly the early vote. In fact, in Pennsylvania, the Democratic early vote was so massive compared to the Republican same-day voting due to the weather, that they were able to call the race earlier than they expected. This is the red flag for the Republicans. You cannot extrapolate November based on a congressional special election in New York 
in February. You can't do it. But what you can extrapolate when you take the Pennsylvania special election, the Oklahoma special election, the New York special election, is the pattern that we saw in 2020 and 2022 and 2023 in Virginia showed up again in special elections where the Democrats dominated early voting and Republicans are still same-day voting. And when you look at what happened in Pennsylvania and in New York in particular, there's a blizzard. It's a massive snowstorm. And the result is that Republicans who were convinced, by God, I'm going to show up on Election Day, come hell or high water, I'm going to go vote. Well, they didn't go vote. And the race probably could have been a lot closer, and maybe the Republican could have won. But Republicans didn't vote early. They didn't vote absentee. They decided to show up on Election Day. On Election Day, they got foot of snow, and so they didn't show up, and it's costing them seats. If this pattern holds up into November, Republicans are toast in seats they should be able to win. It has nothing to do, I think, Frank Luntz, about House Republican behavior and everything to do with the top of the party continues to tell Republicans vote on Election Day and has sown deep suspicion about early voting and absentee voting. Republicans won in 2002 an incumbent in the White House in a time it should have gone to the Democrats because they mastered early voting. In 2004, George W. Bush was the last Republican to win over 50% of the popular vote because Republicans dominated early voting. In 2010, when Republicans took back the House of Representatives, they dominated early voting. In 2014, Republicans won. They dominated early voting. Ironically, in 2016, when Donald Trump won the presidency, Republicans dominated early voting. And then after that, Donald Trump began to badmouth early voting. Republicans stopped doing early voting, and Republicans have been losing ever since. You cannot predict November based on New York, but you can predict Republicans are going to keep screwing up early voting and lose some winnable seats based on the patterns we're seeing in these special elections and what happened last year in the state of Virginia. you got to keep that in mind. When the world seems crazy, he'll keep you sane. It's the Eric Erickson Show. Get the podcast, live stream, email, and social media links by texting ERIC to 33777 now. Uh, We have done something uh, today here on the program that we don't often do. We've made the whole show notes available to everybody, paid and unpaid subscribers, so you yourselves can read for yourself Mike Turner's um, notice. Uh, If you text the word DATA, to 33777, click the first link. Uh, You'll be able to see the show notes. You'll be able to see the statement from Mike Rogers. NBC News' Scott Wong, who is a uh, reporter in Washington, D.C. for NBC News, senior congressional reporter, uh, has some information that is beginning to leak out. If you're just tuning in, this is the massive breaking news that has happened just as the show started. Uh, House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence members have notified members of Congress uh, concerning a serious national security threat. The committee did this. Uh, The chairman of the committee, Mike Turner, is requesting President Biden declassify all the information related to the threat. Uh, Scott Wong of NBC News is reporting from a Democratic source, quote, this is a serious issue that could lead to a destabilizing situation and a national security threat. This Democratic source described it as a potential foreign threat, but did not say where the threat is coming from. When you go back a couple of months, this is speculation on my part. When you go back a couple of months, 
you will recall the FBI director telling the United States Senate there are red alerts going off all over the country related to possible foreign agents who have crossed our unsecure southern border. This becomes a very big deal and, frankly, becomes a matter of more damage control for the Biden administration, given everything else that's happened with the special prosecutor. So we'll see if Joe Biden puts national security in the country ahead of his reelection campaign. Now, I got to tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. I'm so happy to have them back. I literally used my Eden Pure Thunderstorm this weekend. Uh, you go to EdenPureDeals.com and you can get one and you get a second one for free if you use the special code Eric Bogo, E-R-I-C-K-B-O-G-G-O. What is the Eden Pure Thunderstorm? It's an air purifier, but it doesn't just get rid of the pollen and the mold uh, and the mildew and the dust floating in the air with electrostatic plates. In fact, you don't even have to buy a filter. It just wipes it wipes them out with electrostatic plates and you wipe it out on occasion. But it eliminates odors, really does a great job eliminating odors. I travel with one. I keep one in my travel bag, even when they're not an advertiser. For the last few months, they haven't been, and I travel with one because they're small. You can hold it in your hand, and it wipes out odors, litter box odors, smoke odors, pet odors, cooking odors, musty odors, you name it. Literally used one in a hotel room this weekend because people in the room next to me were smoking. It was Mardi Gras weekend, and I was able to wipe out those odors and sleep without having to smell smoke. EdenPureDeals.com. Use the discount code Eric Bogo. E-R-I-C-K-B-O-G-O. EdenPureDeals.com. He's got the courage to tell you the truth because the truth is what matters. You're listening to The Eric Erickson Show. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Um, If you're just tuning in, it's a little bit of a wild speculation day. Uh, There is some significant breaking news. Um, Jake Sullivan is scheduled a, scheduled a classified briefing, uh, with members of Congress Said he was a bit surprised Turner sent out a public statement ahead of the briefing. Um, but, uh, listen to this. This is from Jake Sullivan at the white house. Shortly before you came out, Congressman Mike Turner issued a statement saying that president Biden should declassify intelligence related to a quote. <laughs> serious national security threat. Um, What can you say about the threat and what the administration plans to do? So first, I reached out uh, earlier this week to the Gang of Eight uh, to offer myself up for a personal briefing to the Gang of Eight. And in fact, we scheduled a briefing for the four House members of the Gang of Eight tomorrow. Uh, That's been on the books. So I am a bit surprised that Congressman Turner came out publicly today in advance of a meeting on the books for me to go sit with him alongside our intelligence and defense professionals tomorrow. That's his choice to do that. All I can tell you is that I'm focused on going to see him, sit with him, as well as the other House members of the Gang of Eight tomorrow. And I'm not in a position to say anything further from this podium at this time. Um, This this isn't helpful to the degree because this statement was not from Mike Turner. Was This is very specific um, that it's the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence made uh, available to members of Congress information concerning a serious national security threat. That's, Mike Turner unilaterally did not do that. That is, the committee itself did that. Mike Turner himself wants the information made publicly available. There is now rampant speculation 
about what this could be. It has spun all of Washington into a media frenzy. Uh, Omri Sarin, who knows his stuff, uh, he just tweets, Sullivan is lying to journalists. The administration routinely commingles classified and unclassified intelligence to hide it from the public in order to suppress news that would be politically embarrassing. Um, I, um, I don't know. Again, I have no idea what this is. Um, a source is telling uh, people at CNN. This is uh, CNN's correspondent, Haley Britsky is reporting that it is uh, Russian uh, capability. Now, the buzz around Capitol Hill, I can tell you, because I had a phone call during commercial break, is concerns about Iranian agents inside the United States. I don't know. Uh, Maybe it is a possible nuclear threat from the Russians towards Ukraine. Again, anything I tell you is speculation. But I will tell you this. Having had the conversation I had off-air during commercial break with a friend of mine in Washington, uh, I did call my wife and tell her, go on and fill up the car with gas, because if whatever happens, happens, there's probably going to be a run on domestic resources in this country. So if you're listening to me, particularly if you're listening live, you can get ahead of everyone else with this breaking news, and just go fill your car up with gas just to be safe, because um, given the various scenarios, whatever they are, given the foreign adversary doing something, causing shocks to the system, uh, oil and gas tends to react first, so while we may have a run on resources, we may also see a massive spike in prices. So there is a couple of things to keep in mind here. One, don't panic. Don't panic. Um, you don't want to panic. Don't do not do like, oh, my gosh, a snowflake might arrive. We should go uh, run to the store and buy out all the bread and milk. Uh, don't do that. But be smart because given the level of this statement from members of Congress thinking it's on a bipartisan basis, notable enough that it needs to be made public and the public's attention needs to be raised, that you probably should, in fact, uh, just go fill up your car with gas if you can uh, while you're on your lunch break today or this afternoon, fill up your car with gas just because we're probably going to see a spike in uh, gas prices um, given the way markets tend to react to foreign and domestic instability. Beyond that, we know nothing. Uh, We know nothing There are some Democrats who are speculating this is a domestic terror issue related to Iranians. And again, what's notable, it's Democrats are talking about this. It's Democrats. It's not the Republicans. All of the media sources notably are talking with Democratic sources. And some of the Democratic sources say it's it's Iranians and some of them are saying it's Russians. Whatever it is, it's enough of a national security threat that the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence has decided every member of Congress needs a briefing in advance of a briefing from Jake Sullivan to the Gang of Eight. Now, you he mentioned the Gang of Eight. You may not know what the Gang of Eight is. The Gang of Eight is uh, the House and Senate uh, top leadership. So Jake Sullivan, the president's national security advisor, is going to Congress tomorrow to brief the so-called Gang of Eight And in his words, taking uh, defense officials uh, with him. So the Gang of Eight is who? It's it's the House Minority Leaders, uh, the House Minority Leader and Whip, the Speaker of the House, the uh, House Majority Leader and the House Majority Whip, 
Uh, it is the um, the leader of the Senate, uh, Chuck Schumer. It is the minority leader of the Senate, Mitch McConnell, and the president pro tem of the Senate. Uh, I think that's the Gang of Eight, uh, right there. So you you have those are the the senior officials in the United States Congress. Um, beyond that, we don't know. I'm keeping my eye on the story, uh, keeping you ahead of the curve. And again. Um, all I can tell you is there's a lot of rampant speculation. The rampant speculation is not helpful as to what it actually is. Um, some are saying it's Russia. Some are saying it's Iran. Uh, some are saying it's domestic. Some are saying it's about Ukraine. Some people are saying this is panic designed to try to get the House to fund Ukraine. Um, what I'm telling you is when this sort of panic tends to happen, your gas prices tend to spike. So if you're on your lunch break right now listening to me and you're passing a gas station, just go fill up your car with gas before the gas prices go up because that tends to be what happens with this sort of thing. Now, I have completely – this is honestly – this is why I love live radio because this story breaks the moment – I mean literally like five minutes before I come on air, this story breaks. And I had all sorts of stuff I wanted to talk to you about. And I have been able to throw all of that out, uh, field phone calls with members of Congress and people in D.C. during commercial breaks to try to get more information about it, um, following along with the reporters, trading text messages with the reporters covering the story, and being able to relate all this stuff to you live as we go on while also trying to caution people about the speculation. It's just, it, it's this is why I love live radio. And the moral of the story is, in a day and age when everybody wants to listen to a podcast, by the time you listen to my podcast, everybody else has gone out and bought the gas. That's why you should listen to me live. So you avoid the, the price spike. Now, having said all that, let's go to Bill's phone call completely about something else. Why? Because I have nothing more to add and anything I do would be irresponsible speculation. So Bill, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, Eric. Uh, this is Bill from Maryland on his e-bike. Well, welcome. And, uh, hey, uh, good to talk with you. I did have a question. Uh, if uh, Biden not taking advantage of the Super Bowl half-hour uh, interview with America, for him to decline that, I think it's worse if he uh, declines to debate Trump. And yes. how can he not do that? Look, you know, so believe it or not, okay, so I, I knew your, your call was going to be about this because Charlie puts up on the screen what you're going to talk about, Bill. And um, it actually ties into this issue that we're dealing with live here breaking as well because there is a growing concern among the public about Biden's handling of these sorts of issues. And is he asleep at the wheel? Who's in charge? Uh, he missed an opportunity for a 30-minute um, interview, instead launched his TikTok account. He's already saying that uh, he has no need to, like like his staff and him are saying, they don't have any need to debate Donald Trump, that they, they know Donald Trump wishes he could debate, debate Joe Biden, but Trump didn't want to debate in the primary, so why should Biden debate in the general? And by the way, I told you guys early on this was going to happen, that if Trump decided not to take a debate stage with his primary opponents, Joe Biden was going to say, well, look, why should I bother debating him? He didn't want to debate anyone. Of course, the media is going to have his back. But then tie that into this issue, 87 to 89% of Americans think Joe Biden is too old for the job. 
A majority of Americans have concerns about Joe Biden's competencies with the job. Now you layer this story on that there's a potential serious national security issue. And it raises a number of red flags about Biden's competence to manage crises. Keep in mind one of the excuses that was given by the Biden team about his interview with the special prosecutor was that Biden was distracted by the October 7th attack because the interview happened the day after the Hamas attack on Israel. And therefore, his brain was foggy about all these other issues. That's actually a very significant thing to pay attention to because it raises the question of how does Joe Biden perform under pressure? You have this massive surprise attack by Hamas on Israel, October 7th, obviously a declaration of war, war breaking out of the Middle East, eight days after Jake Sullivan, his national security advisor, publicly said that the Middle East was at, 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 at the Middle East was more stable than at any time in the last several decades. Suddenly it comes up on its head. Now suddenly there's this national security issue. We're on a bipartisan basis, and this is the key. Jake Sullivan is attacking Mike Rogers. His Jake Sullivan's first response is to make this a partisan maneuver. I think you have to understand with this national security threat coming from Congress, it is not Mike Rogers or a Mike Turner, rather. It's, it is not Mike Turner who made available the classified information to every member of Congress. It is the committee itself on a bipartisan basis. So for the national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, who eight days before the October 7th attack tells the world the Middle East is more stable than any time in the past three decades, to come out and his first response is to attack Mike Turner on a partisan basis and say, I don't know why he would dare do this. Actually, it was the committee Democrats who, along with Mike Turner, decided to do this. So the fact that the national security advisor decided to wage a partisan attack as opposed to deal with the issue itself is a big red flag about this administration is more uh, focused on a re-election bid than they are national security. For the national security advisor to make it an attack on Mike Rogers, when it was actually the committee as a whole on a bipartisan basis that agreed to make the information available publicly, that's a big red flag about this administration's priorities and the fact that Joe Biden's team walked away from their initial talking point about his special prosecutor interview, which was that, well, I mean, it happened the day after October 7th. He was distracted. That's why he forgot the year his son died and why the years he was vice president. That doesn't suggest Joe Biden can handle pressure. And here comes new pressure. And the White House's first response to the National Security Advisor is a partisan attack on the chairman of the Intelligence Committee. That's not really reassuring to people. What should be reassuring to you is the constitutional integrity of our system. At a time that so many people are giving up on the country, uh, our Constitution still stands strong. And Hillsdale College wants to remind you about our Constitution and why we need to preserve it and why we need to protect it. Um, Hillsdale College, Larry Arnn, they're stewards of American constitutionalism. They want to give you a free copy of the Constitution. It's a pocket Constitution you can keep in your in your coat pocket, in your purse. You go to ericforhillsdale.com, E-R-I-C-K. EricForHillsdale.com. You go to EricForHillsdale.com. You fill out the form. They'll send you a free pocket constitution. The Declaration of Independence is included. You can even listen to their constitution minutes that they run during this program, during commercial breaks. And 
where we're educating the listeners of the program about the Constitution. So not only are you getting all that, you can share it with your friends. You can get a copy of the POC Constitution for your friends. You can even learn how to take courses at Hillsdale College. Now, not everyone is, but you can share the Constitution Minutes with them and the Pocket Constitution. So go to Eric, E-R-I-C-K, ericforhillsdale.com, fill out the form, get your free Pocket Constitution, get involved with Hillsdale College. They're a great resource for federalism and constitutionalism in this country. Uh, they are fantastic stewards of the American dream. Eric for Hillsdale.com. When the world seems crazy, he'll keep you sane. It's the Eric Erickson Show. Join Eric's Army of Activists. Text Army to 33777 now. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. If you're buying a building, 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 buying a franchise, you need $250,000 or more. First Liberty might be able to help you, and it's what they specialize in and have since the 90s. Reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com. Tell them I sent you, firstlibertyga.com, and uh, you can you can see if they're a good fit for you and you for them. Uh, so real quick, a listener just emailed me and said, uh, if you want to find out exactly what this threat is that members of Congress are a buzz, go check and see what stocks members of Congress are buying and selling. You know, that's probably wise. Uh, we probably can find out what's going on. Um, before, I, and I, I do want to move on to other stuff. As this situation continues to develop, I will give you what I know. Uh, I am not rushing to tell you a bunch of stuff because you get into a situation like this and you have all sorts of people speculating wildly. Uh, but I do have a prediction about where this is going to head. Um, so there are some people who are credibly informed on the matter who think this could be about Iranians and the FBI warnings about possible people crossing the southern border. Uh, there are other Democrats who are saying this is about Russia and its capabilities and what they may be planning on doing. There's been concerns about a nuclear attack on Ukraine for some time. Now, all of this, particularly that last part, and the Democrats raising that issue, I can tell you where this heads. Very quickly, it's going to head into an argument over whether or not the House should fund Ukraine. And a lot of people are going to suddenly become distracted by the issue of whether or not uh, the House should pass the Ukrainian funding package instead of dealing with a national security threat because, God forbid, we actually deal with a national security threat uh, when we can argue over funding Ukraine or not. And people are going to get distracted by that and lose their focus on the fact that on a bipartisan basis, the House Intelligence Committee believes the Russians need to know um, uh, that um, that or, or, or the, the American people need to know that there's some big issue. Um, I, I don't know. I have no idea what it is. There is lots of speculation. We're obviously going to be guarded here in what we tell you. We're only going to do confirmed things. I can tell you I've already spoken to a couple of members of Congress who there's not much they can say, but um, they were pointing to some of the, the FBI uh, cautions. Uh, at the same time, Democrats are pointing to Russia. So who knows what it is? All I can tell you is given the way these things play out, typically in American history, is there's a run on gas, so go fill up your car with gas before gas prices go up. Because typically, regardless of whatever this is, uh, gas prices going up is um, is is going to be something. So, now, we're going to move on. 
because there's no reason to drag through wild speculation. And um, because of that, I want to talk about when we come back, the left is having a meltdown over one of their icons. And it is notable in how they cover uh, the world today, and particularly politics, that Jon Stewart has returned on Mondays to The Daily Show. And he had the audacity of poking fun at Joe Biden. And it's such a big deal that Jon Stewart would poke fun at Joe Biden that even the New York Times sent out a breaking news alert cautioning its readers, cautioning its readers about, of all things, Jon Stewart. It's one of the most bizarre things I think I've seen in some time. Uh, the fact that they felt the need to caution their viewers or their readers about watching Jon Stewart because he's a bipartisan, equal opportunity comedian now and not just going after the right. Uh, yeah, the meltdown on the left over their icon, Jon Stewart, who pioneered the format, uh, not sticking to strip script when we come back.